We've gathered together some of our best friends in the whole wide world to bring together what we did in September, the covenant to celebrate where God is taking us to talk about some pilgrim stories, the real story of Thanksgiving, and just where God is leading our nation and how we utilize the covenant and the things that have happened in the past by our forefathers and mothers and how we can apply it to fix today. Because most people, I've been watching all of these polls, 70 some odd percent of the people feel like the country is headed in the wrong direction. We've got good news for you. And I have brought together some of my best friends who have this amazing good news for you that we can fix it. And oftentimes the way forward is going back to the ancient paths that have yes. already been laid before yes. us. We did something monumental this past September. And I'm telling you what, I feel extremely excited about where God is taking this nation in spite of all of the chaos. So I want to kind of do a quick round introduction so you guys get to know who these amazing people are. If you've, most of you have probably watched uh, the episodes that we uploaded from Plymouth yeah. this year. I hope that you have. If you did not, just in case you didn't, I want to make sure that you guys get a chance to know these amazing people before we even enter in this conversation. So Leo and Nancy, why don't we start with you guys, kick it off with who you are and how you got to be in this fight of telling the truth. Oh boy. Well, hi everybody. I'm Nancy Martin. This is my husband, Leo, and we have been telling the true story of the pilgrims for 22 years now in Plymouth. And we're there doing it because God tapped us on the shoulders, took us from one town to another, and uh, that's what we do every day. So, Wow. So Leo and Nancy, they give uh, tours, uh, walking tours uh, all around Plymouth, Massachusetts. And you guys definitely need to go, need to go check out um, our website and get more of that. Uh, so we're going to dive deep. You guys are going to learn more about Leo and Nancy in a minute. All right. So who's next? I think we've got, let's go right next. Devin, are you there? Can you unmute? Hey, what's going on? All right. Tell everybody who you are, man. Well, uh, Devin O'Neill, I've uh, ministered in the inner cities of Baton Rouge for uh, the past two decades. Uh, God began to show us how to deal with strongholds and uh, showed us how to start, shut down a drug corner and then uh, start dealing with the city. And now we're working on a national campaign to reverse the curse in the United States of America. And it ties in with the uh, Native Americans, you know, which um, they were uh, the pilgrims and the Native Americans. They actually... Uh, the pilgrims were actually saved by the Native Americans. I think the Squanto, they said he was a miracle from God. And so there was a covenant by them, and it lasted for like 50 years at the beginning of the country. And uh, not so much coincidentally, my birthday fell on the 400-year anniversary of that first Thanksgiving. And uh, I believe, you know, God is really telling us a message. You know, if we're going to get back on track, we got to get back to the uh, – you know, the character that was descriptive of the American character, you know, the love of the law and the love of liberty, you know, it says justice and liberty for all. And so really, we got to get back to, to covenant relationship. That is the ancient past. You know, God is a covenant God. And, and you know, as believers in the church, man, we got to restore our covenant with one another 
to love one another. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, the American dream is that you could go to a place and be free from tyranny. Mm-hmm. Whoa, what a novel idea, huh? That we don't oppress people. And so uh, for that to happen, we got to be unified. That's why they named the country, you know, the Union, uh, uh, in, uh, the United States of America, because our founders, way back at the, the Mayflower, the Mayflower Compact, they knew they were about to hit that shore. And if they were disunified, that's what was going on in the ship. It, they knew the Bible said every kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. It will be ruined. So they did the Mayflower Compact, the first civil politics to bring unity. And I, if we're going to save the nation, that's my that's my one word. We need unity. And the only way that's going to happen is we got to start loving each other mm-hmm. again. Amen. Mm-hmm. No, amen. amen. That's so good. All right. So that gives you a little taste of who Pastor Devin O'Neill is. Woo! Spitfire. The fire. Let's go uh, north of Devin to Dr. John Diamond in the house, host of America Unhinged. John, you want to introduce yourself and, and let our viewers know who you are if they don't already? Yeah, yeah, you said it there, host of America Unhinged on Brighty on TV, first show every day. Um, got started in this when I got out of the Air Force and actually started reading the founding documents just for my own kind of personal edification, no, for, not for any real purpose or reason. And by the time I got done studying all the founding fathers' documents, I ended up turning them into both my master's and my doctoral dissertation. Wow. So. I'm a historian, theologian. That's kind of my background. And uh, yeah, I've been doing this for about 20 years also. I wrote, turned my master's thesis into a uh, book called Fighting the Next American Revolution, uh, where I said in the beginning chapter, America is no longer America. America is now an atheistic totalitarian police state Mm. wrapped in an American flag as a facade. And nobody wanted to believe that. Well, here comes COVID. And then people started to realize (laughs) how, how not free they are. Yeah. So that's story. That's really true. That's wow. really true. That's a mouthful and a lot and a lot to take in. I think a lot of people got exactly what you're saying though. All right. Hey, what let's go to Texas. Robert and Jamie, tell tell everybody who you are. Hey Lee and Michelle. So good to be here. This is exciting. We are Robert and Jamie AG, founders of Banners for Freedom. And we are putting up billboards, truth billboards all across the U.S., right? And we started from the East Coast, and we're going all the way to the West Coast. And then we've gone back to the East Coast, you know, kind of like the Pilgrims did, right? You know, yeah. all, all <laughs> on the East Coast. So it just happened, happened to work out that way. But yeah, no, we're just, uh, we're, just, we're just placing banners all across this nation. Uh, and we're doing it in the name of the Lord. And we're trying to wake the people up to, you know, some, some realities uh, that we're facing. What's on the banners? What's on the billboards? Well, you know, we're putting up the VARS data, right? How many people have been nice. injured by the jab? How many people have died by the jab? Uh, you know, we've um, put up some information about the protocols, you know, in the hospitals and about the mandates. But we've also, you know, utilized and put up other messages. You know, there's there's uh, political tyranny that's going on. There's election tyranny that's happening. Yeah. And so we're, we're putting up all sorts of different messages. And soon it's going to be transitioning to, to new ones. Yeah. And you've made a lot of connections, and you helped us make a connection with Donica. Uh, Donica, tell everybody who you are. Hey, I'm Donica Hudson, and I'm from North Carolina. Uh, I wrote a book called Pray America Great, so which good. is on constitutional prayer. And can you hear? No, we good. Leah's just amen in your saying, book. Oh, you're amen. I Everybody needs a book. <laughs> well, if, you know, I would if you'd have said that I was going to write a book on constitutional prayer 10 years ago, I'd have said, you're lying. 
because all, you know, I was caught up in being a mom, doing some women's ministry and a little bit of this and that. But then the mama bear in me came out when my husband and I sued the federal government for not protecting our children in bathrooms, locker rooms, and showers mm -hmm. during the infamous bathroom bill in North Carolina. And that kind of uh, pushed me out into the forefront of stopping what is it, the onslaught towards uh, stealing our children, really. And <clears throat> with that, you know, I had always been involved. I knew Craig Seibert from Charlotte, and uh, we had been part of a lot of the uh, historical um, the Mecklenburg Declaration of Independence. So I kind of had started there, and God started opening my eyes. I actually had a, um, a visitation, so to speak, where the Lord woke me up and, and told me to pray third heaven prayers. I didn't yes. understand what that meant. And then he showed me that civil covenants like the Mayflower Compact are stored in heaven. So is our Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, all 50 state constitutions. And, there, and God recognizes our nation through these covenants. So when we're having Thanksgiving, it's not just turkey. Mm -hmm. And when you resistance chicks did the covenant, man, my heart was singing. So was everybody on here because we recognize that our country was founded on covenants. And so yeah. um, chapter five in my book is about covenant, understanding covenant versus the contract mentality that the United States has, where if you don't do something, we're out, we're out of here. Mm. God will not leave us. And he still sees us through these civil covenants mm. that are stored in heaven. Mm. And he announces himself through covenant. I am the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. Amen. So when we recovenant like you gals did when we did this together for three days at the uh, at the monument mm -hmm. in Plymouth with the Jenny Interpretive Center, God heard our prayers and it ushers in a force of covenant in history to preserve America because we've got mm -hmm. marital problems and God wants us to marry him again. <laughs> and only those of you watching the remnant we're the remnant that revives the root. Amen. Oh, that's good. Okay, that was a great introduction. Wow. Okay, Donica's brought the fire here too. All right, Michelle Gallagher. Um, I'm not following that. I'm not following that up. <laughs> oh, girl, you got your own fire. So you got this. Michelle Gallagher has a book too. I she does. It's a, she does a beautiful book. Yeah. I do. I do. Um, uh, Michelle Gallagher, I wrote the Forefathers Monument Guidebook. Uh, so it was great having you guys come out. I do uh, a whole uh, breakdown of the history of the monument, which many people are aware of, but a lot more aren't. Uh, and then I go through the symbolism of the monument because it was built to um, honor the pilgrim legacy. And to, it goes through all of the different faith, uh, morality, law, education, and liberty. And it talks about uh, the, the pilgrim influence and the pilgrim contribution to really the origins of, of America. You know, Donica, you mentioned the, the, May, the Mayflower Compact and the covenant, um, the covenantal uh, roots of America. And so I go through all of that um, and, uh, and talk about the importance of it and, and kind of the real history of the, the Pilgrim story that's kind of been glossed over. We've kind of lost most of it. Um, now it's just kind of belt buckles and turkeys and Thanksgiving. Um, but I go into the real legacy of the Pilgrims and how that influenced the founding fathers uh, in the in the establishment of the 13 colonies in America. So that that's me. You know, and, and it's it's absolutely huge for those of you that don't know what we're talking about. Leah's going to go get the rep replica of the monument. It's this yeah. monument that really has kind of brought all of us together in right. this moment. And it's and it's called the monument to the forefathers because. It is a, essentially a secret sauce 
the roadmap, the recipe for how did they do what they did right. so that America was birthed. So I'm so glad that you, this is the book. Leah went and got it. I don't know where Donica's is, probably upstairs next to Leah's bed, uh, <laughs> if I had to guess. It's but um, I'm serious. So um, this is part of our Thanksgiving decoration in our living room right Aww. now, your guidebook is. So, um, so this is the guidebook. And essentially you go through and kind of tell the story that Leo tells in person with a lot of the details. Um, and this is the monument here that Leah's showing on screen there. So, mm -hmm. so Michelle, what you have done essentially is something that has needed to have been done since this monument was erected. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, this is, you were totally anointed to do this book. You've also got a, um, uh, a monumental prayers, prayer devotional book that Leah and I have both used. Mm -hmm. um i actually like, like the back picture here yeah isn't so, that a cool shot yeah that i want to encourage you guys yeah. uh you were just telling craig before we came on here um what you guys are going into another printing we are we are a third printing so we 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 launched it last uh fall just at this time and so uh in just one year i mean it's really staggering um i think people were hungry for it i think yeah. a lot of believers are familiar with the monument because of um, the movie monumental and kirk cameron and different people um, who have written about it, but um, a lot of people aren't aware of it. And I think, you know, with everything that we're seeing in America right now, um, I think that the pendulum is kind of swinging and there is kind yeah. of a return to our roots and really our founding um, core. And so I think a lot of people are eager to kind of learn more and to kind of revisit the origins, you know, and, and so we, we've had tremendous demand and it's been wonderful. We've worked with Leo and Nancy and he was a huge help to me when I was doing my research. Um, and it's, it's been tremendous, you know, so we're excited to kind of get the word out there. We're hoping that this year really is going to be kind of a breakthrough year. We've had some national opportunities with, you know, like Rick Green and Patriot Academy and, and um, Kirk Cameron has it on his it site. It shows so, up in my Facebook feed all the time. From Kirk Cameron. Is Kirk Cameron sharing. Isn't that wild? It's yeah. so wild. I mean, God has just opened doors that we couldn't. I always think of, you know, Revelation. He'll open doors that no man can open. Yeah. And that's that's really been the case. But we want we want to reach people with the truth of our foundations. You know, Leo and Nancy have devoted themselves to this. And so, um, you know, we kind of have partnered with them to kind of get that information out there and encourage believers of our real history. And for people who don't know, um, I always say uh, I kind of wrote the book almost for a secular audience. And I, I hope that it would be evangelical without them realizing it. It uh, is. But, I just kind of tell the pilgrim story, first person narrative, and I kind of weave scripture throughout to explain what they believed and why they did what they did. And uh, we we pray that God will continue to use it. That's awesome. Oh, that's, that's so, so good. good. Speaking of like history, Craig mm -hmm. is a wealth of knowledge. Um, I, I call him our um, David Barton. We, oh, yeah. we don't get David Barton, uh, but we get, Craig, <laughs> we get Craig Seibert, who's just as good. And, you know, you can't have everybody, not everybody can be David Barton. Um, and so, uh, Craig, tell everybody how you became a historian. Thank you for the compliment. So it ties into what Michelle was saying well and just ties into the theme of hope. Yeah, you know, 30 years ago, I was actually a two-year-old believer. And I was at a businessman's lunch meeting. And somebody came in as a guest speaker and just for 20 minutes told God's providences in the pilgrim story. Wow. And I was so taken aback by his storytelling of all the providential events and the pilgrims coming here, their faith. Again, as a two-year-old believer, and for me, it was like, oh my gosh, these miracles and these things that happened in the Old and New Testament, they happened in American history. Yes. And so... Right. 
one of the hope items, if people want an action item from just being on the video today, is just find some segment of this pilgrim story and tell it well. It'll provide so much hope to your family members, your friends, just some segment of it. And so for the next 30 years or so, I just told the pilgrim story as often as I could for the first maybe 10 years after that. And then like John, uh, my scope expanded and I became much more interested in uh, the sermons preached 100 years before the Declaration of Independence, the Declaration, the Constitution, studying those documents. So now I direct a Christian citizenship training site, christiancitizenshiptraining.org. And um, we've kind of taken the PragerU approach. Most of the videos are five to eight minutes long, so they're digestible. Uh, yeah. They One topic builds on another, and uh, that's the space that God's called me to in this uh, initiative. No, your website is absolutely phenomenal. Amazing. And I want to insert something here. Uh, aside from, I feel, I literally feel like the Brady Bunch here. Aside from Robert and Jamie, um, <laughs> they're below me. I, I have everybody's information and I'm going to add, Robert, I'm just going to, I'm going to need you to shoot me a bio and I'm going to add that on today on our websites for today's show so that you guys can connect with every single person that you're watching here, whether it's Michelle's book, Donica's book, The Banners mm -hmm. for Freedom, John's show, Craig's website, Leo and Nancy's website. Uh, we're going to get to Scott in a second. Pastor Devin O'Neill's Trail of Joy tour and his um, curriculum and all of that for helping people with education. All of that is available on resistancechicks.com and this Thanksgiving show. And we'll just add Robert and Jamie to that. But um, Craig, your website is phenomenal and it is it's a truly an, it's educational, educational resource homeschooling education yeah. it's 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 phenomenal uh we have another uh, uh celebrity that just entered um mr scott casters in a bards fm would you like to uh, i don't know if you need an introduction but would you like to introduce yourself sure i'm scott how are you <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Scott, <laughs> Scott has a long and we're Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. No, no. I, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Scott Kesterson, um, Bards FM, um, which is a po podcast based on faith and knowledge and um, kind of rocking it right now lately. God's moving it across the world. And I've had a pleasure to meet all of you that are here, which is really awesome because we had such an amazing time up at the covenant events so thank you uh, girls it was just beautiful what we had up there and it really has been very impactive i just it was on a call with brad cummings we just did our thanksgiving special recorded it and we ended it with uh, the reference to uh, and in our prayer it was references to the covenant and i think that's really important we, we're at such a critical time right now we need to be remembering a lot of these things of you know, the power of God, the power of the healing. And, and I think most importantly, which has really been a theme that I've been pushing lately, the power of the supernatural God, Ooh. because we're really stepping into a world right now where supernatural is, is kind of being crushed by reason and, and, um, and the five senses. And if we're not embracing the supernatural God, I think it's pretty hard to walk the ancient paths. Ooh. That's really good. I think oh. we're going to be, well put. right. Mm. Oh. So uh, that was, and that was, uh, to be honest with you, I mean, as you all, as you two know that um, Jeremiah 616 was given to me at, at Bardsfest. And that was a big theme in Bardsfest for the last two days. And critical to Jeremiah 616 is the willingness and the seeking of the ancient paths. And of course, that ends with the comment, we will not walk in it. And I will tell you last night, I just, it was like a God moment because I, I did my show, my, my uh, Peace Be Still show was Sunday night. And, um, 
it just literally was at the end. I, I really didn't know where this one was going. I, this was one of these great shows of handing the keys over to Father God going, okay, you got it. Let's ride and see where it goes. And I couldn't, I usually get a pretty good trend on, I, I feel for kind of the direction. And this one was even a bombshell to me because as we arrived and I hear myself say, if you choose not to walk with a supernatural God, you are saying we will not walk in it. I just about myself fell off my chair and I was like, wow. I've never looked at Jeremiah 616 that way. Wow. And there we are. So I, I think that we're really in a profound time that we have to really look back to the miracles that were given to the pilgrims. They overcame unbelievable, impossible odds. And meeting up with a, a Native American who spoke English, I mean, the possibilities of that are like zero, <laughs> and so, right? Unless you're, unless you're dealing in God's, in God's math. Right. And then to get through and survive after all the losses that they have and prosper and build 50 years of peace. Those are impossible God things right yeah. there. Those are just that, that, that all happens only because of what God does. We're in a similar situation right now. Very similar. No, we, so but true. we have to, and we have to do something. I think that's very critical and because the pilgrims knew it and we aren't embracing it. And it is the belief in the supernatural God. If we aren't believing in the supernatural in the almighty God, I don't know how we're supposed to get through this. I mean, we're, we're dealing with Brad and I focused on Joseph with some real reinterpretations of Joseph, but still there's a, a common theme that in the time of Joseph and the time now, the one catalyst to collectivize everybody's life was fear. Wow. It was fear of starvation and fear of a pandemic now. And if, and, and the pilgrims faced fear, the ultimate of fear, and yet they overcame it. And hmm. to overcome that means that they had to believe that there was something greater and truly more powerful than the physical world in which they lived that would be able to deliver them from the point of death. And if you can't embrace that, well, you've got a pretty tough walk ahead. That's what I'm going to say. So I, I think the message, you know, I think of anything for Thanksgiving this year is as we pray for healing and pray for forgiveness and pray for love, pray for justice, but those things all in course of and through God. We also have to pray for the miracles that only he can deliver and he can only move that through us with a heart that's a forgiving heart, a heart that's a loving heart, mm. and a heart that's truly open to everything he will do and not limiting him in what we're possible of doing. And that's our biggest challenge, I think, overall, because we are just, we're framing, literally framing a God right now that is out here and we're trying to tell God what he can do or can't do. And that's so wrong. It's like, well, we talk about healing. It's like, well, I don't know that Jesus did that. Yep. And Jesus told us we could do that in greater things than he. And we just go on the list of things. And what we just have to recognize is that all things will be provided. All things will be taken care of. We're reminded of that in Haggai. We're reminded of that in Habakkuk. All of this is there. If we will trust in him implicitly and truly believe in what he can deliver, which is far beyond anything we can imagine. I think the pilgrims did it. I think they, that's the part that we need to really like bring it home and remind everybody of, especially on this day. Okay, Speaking that's of, perfect. That's though. a perfect segue into Leo and Nancy. Speaking of the pilgrims that did it, uh, Leo and Nancy, how did the pilgrims walk in the miraculous? Very simple. They followed the covenant. 
by the way, we just had a big weekend here. We had America's hometown Thanksgiving celebration, and we had over 200,000 people attend the uh, attend the parade. Whoa. And this morning, we actually flew the Christian flag over the Plymouth Town Hall. Praise That's the Lord. Amazing. Tell people. And we had a, a, a two-hour battle with the selectmen to get that done, but we got it done, and they'll be flying it for the week of Thanksgiving. Because they had previously uh, flown what flag? Oh, here, here, Michelle's got the picture. Go yeah. on and get it, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> what was they that? previously say they uh, in June they flew the uh, rainbow flag that uh, because that was Rainbow Month. So we asked them if we could uh, fly it for the month of uh, November, and they fought with us. But we got one week out of it. We got uh, we got the week of Thanksgiving, oh my and Lord. we also got it so that the uh, rainbow flag can never be flown over the uh, building again. <laughs> uh, so it was a, it was a major victory. Uh, but just that's just to let you know what we've been doing uh, while we're between naps, um, <laughs> guys. When we talk about about covenant, we've got two ways of covenant. We have a covenant with people and God, and then we have a covenant with people and people. And when we make that covenant with God, uh, uh, Jeremiah explained it to us that, that of course, we have the New Testament and the Old Testament, uh, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And we couldn't keep the Old Covenant. It wasn't God's fault. It was our fault. We couldn't keep it. Woo. And Jeremiah said there's going to be some issues coming, but he also said, uh, there's also some good news coming. And the good news was telling us about Jesus coming. And this covenant, will, I will make the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and mm. on their hearts. Mm. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Mm. So what happens now is God puts on our minds and hearts this covenant. So it's a it's a change in the inside. It's an inward thing, a spiritual thing. Yeah. So now we've got that spiritual thing. Well, that leads us to a place where we can get an external thing. And that's who the pilgrims were. Mm. See, they had this little issue with King James back in England where King James thought he was God, the divine right of kings. Now, yeah. I'll, I will tell anybody here, if somebody tells you you're God's representative on earth, eventually you're going to think God, you're God on earth. Right. That's what happened with the king. So now we had to worship him. John Robinson wouldn't do it. We separated from the church and we started our own church in Scrooby, England. And we wrote a covenant when we started that church, one to another, a covenant with God as our witness. Yeah. And the covenant said, we as the Lord's free people join ourselves into a church of state in the fellowship of the gospel to walk in all his ways made known or to be made known unto us according to our best endeavors whatever it should cost us the lord assisting us mm -hmm. so they're all in whatever it will cost them they have made a covenant to one another to love one another no matter what with jesus christ as lord and that's the church covenant well that caused them to be kicked out of england and they went to holland for 12 years where they could worship freely but then they came here uh of course, people ask, why did they come here when they were in Holland? They could worship freely. Why not just stay in Holland? Well, the issue was that they were losing their people. They were losing their children. The children were learning the liberal ways of the Dutch. And so William Bradford listed five reasons why they came. And the fifth one, besides the children, was this. Lastly, and which was not least, a great hope and inward zeal they had of laying some good foundation 
or at least some way thereunto, for the propagating and advancing of the gospel of the kingdom of Christ in those remote parts of the world, yea, though they should be even as stepping stones unto others for performing such greater work. They didn't think they were it. They thought they were stepping stones, opening the door to spread the word of Christ, to spread the word of God in the new world. So when they came here, they did that. But guys, when we came here, we had a little issue with half the people on our boat not thinking the way we did. And so we had to write a law. See, we landed in the wrong place, so we had no law to be here. So we had to write a law to be here, and we called that law the Mayflower Compact. But it was more than a law. It was a covenant under God. We would form a body politic with God in charge. And as I stated earlier, in, in England, the power went from God to the king to the people. He's thinking he's God on earth. Now, in the Mayflower Compact, that changes. It says in the Mayflower Compact, by the way, the first line of the Mayflower Compact is the name of God, amen. It was virtually a prayer. But it also says this, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith, the people, and the honor of our king and country. So now the power has changed. It's gone from God to the people to the representative. Now the representative is beholding to the people as long as they stay in line with God's law. Mm -hmm. So when we came here, we formed a civil government mm -hmm. on biblical law with God in charge. And it was all in. It was a covenant. Now, I did a, a podcast with a gentleman. He said to me, hey, Leo, what's the big deal about a covenant? I said, well, you know what? If I made you a promise and I broke it, who cares mm. other than you? But if I make a covenant under God with God as my witness, I better be pretty darn serious. And the yeah. pilgrims were serious. So serious that half of them died the first winter. And when Captain Jones told the other half to get back on the ship and go home, not one got back on. Right. They were that committed to each other and to that covenant in starting a, a Christian society based on Christian principles under the covenant of God. And I'll tell you, as long as we keep the covenant, we're okay. And that covenant is still valid today. But once we move from the covenant, once we remove God from his throne, we've got an issue. And when that happens, you're going to have chaos. Because God's a God of order. Right. Remove God and you leave a void and it gets filled with evil and chaos. Mm -hmm. Anybody notice a little chaos lately? <laughs> we've removed God from his throne. Mm -hmm. And now we need to put him back. And until we do that, we're going to be under evil. So you see what just happened, guys? Now what happens today? Today, the state thinks it's God. Right. And we have to worship the state. So we're right back where we were with King James and the pilgrims, where we had to worship the king. Now we're right back, full circle, where we have to worship the state. Mm -hmm. But the problem is this. We have nowhere to go. Mm. The pilgrims came here and started a biblical society, Christian society here. We can't go. Right. We have to fix it. Yes. Here. We have to bring the covenant back and put God on his throne. Woo! That is so Okay, good. so glad you all came. That's the end of our show. No, just kidding. That was perfect. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Leo, that's what I, I was really hoping tonight would be about. And, and I do want to maybe talk about some of the, the, the big stories of the pilgrims and stuff like that. But if anybody... 
in the in our Zoom here, and I want to welcome Paul here. Uh, maybe we'll just go ahead and jump to Paul because I want anybody that has like a feeling for a, a response because I want this to kind of be Holy Spirit led. You just laid a foundation for how we fix it, how we go back, how we utilize it. So, Paul Cantrell, are you there? You're muted. What's up, ladies? How you doing? Good. How are you? So, Paul, maybe you can tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and then anything that you feel you want to respond to that amazing thing that Leo just went through. Um, well, uh, about myself. Well, I'll, a lot of people know me as the crazy man who's a father of 10. Um, but we go around and we actually believe in covenant. On, I believe in it in the family sense. We have a shirt that we say and we go around saying, Healthy whole families are going to save the world. Oh, so good. And, uh, what, and, what's, and what struck me, you know, even when I was there, it was so amazing. Thank you, girls, for doing it. Because um, I believe that without identity, we get robbed of our destiny. Right. And um, with our children, we believe that there's no junior Holy Spirit. So we go around and show people that what family looks like. It used to be a rule, and now it's an exception. Mm. And I guess to go along with that, what hit me about uh, really stuck out to me when I was there in line kind of with what we do is they knew that the pilgrims were different when when they got off the boat, they saw the covenant of family. Mm. And, that, and that really stuck with me. And I think it's one of the problems that we've done, you know, um, in church, in the current church, is uh, we have told the children that uh, at one day they'll be able to be relevant. Mm. And I think and I believe that the enemy knows where his demise is coming from and where the power of this generation is coming from. And that's why it's harder to find a more catastrophic war zone than the christian american family wow that is so and true. so uh and so um i just uh something really stuck out when it was there was just uh that they did it in a, in a covenant and commitment with family in other words yeah. they did it together yeah and i think we can learn a lot from that you know uh i went to we went and prayed at the capitol this last weekend yes and uh and uh, we, we were there even while, I, I don't know if Devin's on the call, but I met Devin because I was on the Capitol uh, steps for seven days straight in prayer and worship. And believe it or not, I most of the time in the prayer set, it was my kids that were doing it. Wow. And we've had some breakthrough in court cases here. I'm part of a group I sit on, uh, uh, the uh, organizational pastor for Free Organ. Um, we filed, we have three lawsuits going on against the state. Of course, of course, we're trying to get to the federal court because the state is pretty corrupt. But um, we had something happen um, without getting too much because of time. Um, the Lord showed me it was the prayers of a five-year-old girl, my daughter, on the steps of the Capitol that made that happen. We, mm. we, we filed for a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, on just a test case of the election, and they ended up by accident giving us, I think it was 36 terabytes of information. Wow. And wow. so we're, 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 fighting, we're fighting in court right now saying that's our information. Mm. But it, it, it happened right away that the Secretary of State actually slapped 
a gag order and cease and desist. And so now we're in the courts fighting, saying that that's information. But I just wanted to encourage people, um, even on this call, the power of family. Mm. Yeah. And um, just the CDs that we got to listen to with our kids and just to get them involved because, you know, uh, they can believe God can do anything until they're taught otherwise. That's so true. And so, um, and so I just wanted to install that part, just family and just that picture that God gave me of just. I think we lost him. Did we lose you, Paul? Did we lose you? I'm back. Did right. you guys, am yeah, I, we got you. can you hear me? Okay. And, uh, just how the Indians knew they were different because they're coming with family. And I believe, uh, not only do, do the um, church and the people we come in contact know the difference, but I believe in the realm, in the demonic, they know the difference when we come in unity as family. That's so true. Boom. That so, uh, thank So good. Okay, so, hey, Craig, would you like to jump in on that? Would you like to? I was thinking that you might want to come in and... Uh, jump off of that and and Leo and and talk about that first Thanksgiving and talk about how the families were decimated at that time, but they still came together. Do you want to, do you want to jump in on that? Yeah. The, yes. Uh, I'll, just real quick, the thing that I'll tie in and it 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 ties into kind of this theme of love that I think Devin was speaking about and uh, just John Robinson and and sacrifice. You know, one of the things I'm most moved by is that John Robinson, the pastor, never actually came uh, to the shores of America, but right. actually saw them off in Holland. Mm -hmm. One of the things he saw them off with was a letter that basically in the letter described five things. Keep your relationship with God whole. Keep your relationship with other believers whole. Keep your relationship with those that are not of the faith whole. Oh, wow. Um, walk daily with the Lord and then elect godly leaders. But here's the one part of the letter that's just, it's 30 seconds long, but it's so quotable in light of today's culture, and it's relevant to us as believers and family. He says, carefully provide for peace with all men so far as it lies within you. Yeah. We must be watchful that we ourselves neither give nor easily take offense. Mm. Persons ready to take an offense either lack the charity, which should cover offenses, or the wisdom to consider human frailty. In my own experience, I found few who are quicker to give offense than those who easily take it. <laughs> those that have nourished this touchy behavior have never proved sound and profitable members of society. Oh, wow. And so you think of today's woke culture and how this claim of you've offended me, you need to be shut down, your speech can't be heard. I mean, these are people that are finding ways to perpetually be offended. Microaggressions yeah. so, is what I, that's a new yeah. term we're all familiar with now. Micro. So to, to your, yeah. So to your question, I guess, uh, Robinson inspires me at, at two or three levels. One, he didn't come here. Uh, he was a stepping stone. And yeah. so, you know, we, as believers on this call, we need to do our part and realize that God's going to assemble things in a greater, uh, a greater way. And then two, um, we need to be unity builders and shut down the people that are constantly offended. Mm. And then third, maybe to your point, as far as these families, oh my gosh, these families and the, the loss of life that they had in that first year and then the giving of their own lives to the sick, 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 sick the sailors who were sick <laughs> on the ship. 
uh, they just showed this love and they were never offended. So that's what I was kind of stirred to say in light of uh, Leo's remarks and some of the other commenters. So what was it like, Craig, that first, what was the first Thanksgiving like? Well, you know, it didn't happen uh, that first year. And I think it happened two years after uh, their landing, uh, if I have that right. Uh, in, in 1622, do I have that light right, Leo? I think you're, give me a thumbs up. 21. Okay. Thank you for that. So, uh, you know, first winter was tough. Squano wandered into their midst. They figured out how to plant more corn uh, in the midst of this loss of life during that first summer. You know, they were kind of decimated. And that first, uh, that first Thanksgiving, you know, 90 Native Americans show up. Uh, gosh, they were a larger group of people than the pilgrims themselves at that point. Wow. So, um, you know, it was really a remarkable event that first Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Donica, I, I, I want to pull you in because you have, uh, you're uh, part Native American. Um, is not Thanksgiving um, a, a day of mourning for Native Americans? And That's should, what we're told. And should we not... Uh, I, I, I'm I'm told by the left that we should we should mourn uh, the pilgrims coming. We should mourn Thanksgiving. Uh, what say you? Uh, well, first of all, I don't want to come off like um, you know I'm Pocahontas. I have a fraction of Native American blood, and I don't pretend to speak for the culture. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, not but I will okay. say you're not having, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, <laughs> not Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> come on. <laughs> She's got more cheerleader than Elizabeth Warren, but, let's put it that way. But it's I the will high say bones. <laughs> yes, yes. And I have done Native American reconciliation. It's on my Truth Tellers uh, YouTube channel. Of interviewed Nigel Big Pond at my house. Um, did do quite a bit of research on that. And I'm working on a Trails Trilogy saga with my uh, co-author, uh, Sherry Clark. So, yes. I'm definitely into seeing uh, that curse broken off of our nation so that we can enter into revival. But, you know, I would say that everything you just said is a leftist globalist agenda to divide and make us hate our founding fathers, hate our country, hate our constitution. And in my book, I wrote about, uh, and I'm sure many of you have already heard this, but it was uh, the current communist goals that were read from the Naked Communist by Cleon Skousen to our own Congress in 1963. And here's just three of those. Discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, a hindrance to cooperation between nations on a worldwide basis. Another one was discredit the American founding fathers, present them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the common man. And another one, the third one, was belittle all forms of American culture and discourage the teaching of American history on the ground that it was only a minor part of the big picture. Mm. Give it more emphasis to Russian history since the communists took over. Hmm. And it goes on and on. I mean, there's quite a few that are listed. Uh, All 45 of them are listed in the appendix of my book. But what I want to say about that is if you are a born-again Native American and uh, Devin could speak to this because he is working in, in putting together the reverse trail of joy. And I have uh, friends on that as well. And I have been to those um, or to one of them. And when a Native American becomes born again, God gives us a new spirit. Yeah. And we have the word of God as our plumb line. Therefore, we've entered into the covenant of grace. And there is no color there is no Native American or, you know, I'm 
somewhat of a hybrid, but oh. there is, a, you, know, you don't see things the same. Oh. So we can't, you know, we, we can't subscribe to the culture wars when we're oh. the only ones who have the living God, the supernatural God that Scott Kesterson's talking about that will change. That is the only thing he who liveth within us is the only thing that can change this country and turn it around. Mm. We are the only ones with the last vestige of power to stop the globalist takeover. And that's really what we're talking about. So any fracture that we have in our culture, whether it's Native American, whether it's uh, this transgender uh, identity thing that's, you know, trying to push us to look like Baphomet with both organs, you know, all of this is a spiritual issue. And we, the remnant, are the ones, as I said earlier, who will revive the root, the root of our covenant of grace through Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ shed blood and the covenants of our founding fathers that were rooted in the grace covenant. Ooh. Okay. All right. So here's what I want to do. I want to jump to Devin and then I can literally feel Scott Kesterson wanting to say something about this. I can just feel it. I wanted so, to jump to Devin too. So, so Devin, what say you on this topic? Well, you know, it's very interesting. Um, the Lord actually woke me up this morning, uh, I believe, giving me a word for uh, this meeting. But um, Donica spoke about something, and she was quoting something that uh, William Seymour. Now, William Seymour was a one-eyed black man, the son of a slave from Centerville, Louisiana, that was able to steward, uh, probably in my opinion, the greatest revival um, that America has ever seen. And, and I say that because he was able to steward the visible glory of God for three and a half consecutive years, 24-7. And the way he did it, it was humility. You know, he wasn't, he didn't have a spirit of entitlement, which is, you, when you look at what the left does, it's a, a, the Antichrist spirit is always a spirit of entitlement. But, you know, he could have been entitled to some stuff, but if he would have stepped into entitlement, it would have disqualified him to be chosen for that revival because he literally sat outside of a door at the school of the Holy Spirit. They would not even let him in the door because of the Jim Crow uh, laws, but his yeah. hunger and humility kept him there. He and then that caused, him, that caused God to choose him to yeah. go steward the visible glory of God for three and a half years. Right. And his ability to actually bring unity was the key to that. And this is what he yeah. would say. So, when he was in Azusa, he stayed in the upstairs and he would come down sometimes and he would see a lot of white people, a lot of black people, a lot of red people together. And he would go speak to them and he'd say, look, you know, if if, uh, if you're a born again believer, you're no longer a member of any earthly race. Wow. You're a member of the Christian race. Bingo. And for God's power, if for God's power to move effectively, we have to be one. Yeah. Now, this is the heartbeat, y'all, of America. Yeah. This is the heartbeat of the Mayflower Compact. Okay, this is what our nation is built on. United we stand, divided we fall. So the devil has a, for, a false um, justice movement. Mm -hmm. But God has a real one. Mm -hmm. Do you know that when they remove the, the, the same spirit that's coming against America right now, okay, was the same spirit behind the Indian removal. Mm -hmm. They actually found in the Supreme Court, the, they said, you cannot remove these people from their homes. Mm -hmm. and, and Andrew Jackson said this. He said, well, let's see if they can enforce it. Andrew Jackson was a 33-degree level Mason. Mm 
Okay, he was the 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 exact opposite of what America stands for. Okay, liberty and justice for all. When James Wilson, one of the first Supreme Court ju justices, he said, "What are those two characteristics that have become descriptive of the American character? But the love of the law and the love of liberty." Yeah. And he said, "Neither one can be realized without the other because right. each lose their name and their nature without the other." Right. They said that. Liberty without law comes licentiousness, which yeah. we're seeing the, LG, the LGBT agenda, all this other stuff. No restriction on sexual activity. That and, and they warned us of this. And he said, "Law without liberty becomes oppression." Yeah. And so the very character of America has its roots in the Bible. James and in, in, in James it says, "The man who looks." intently in the perfect into the perfect law that gives liberty yeah okay so the law that gives liberty is love y'all yeah this is what made them oh, so good so god woke me up this morning and this is something i really want us to get y'all because the devil will have us tripped up and and all this you know uh like fighting uh, you know the left and the right that's the devil's game right his weapon uses is is called order out of chaos okay if he can divide us he can take dominion but see god operates on a higher level all right the lord woke me up this morning and spoke this to me i didn't really realize why but i wrote it down and it says our weapons are not carnal mm -hmm. okay but they are mighty for the tearing down of strongholds yes. carnal weapons yes. cause fights and divisions wow. and then death mm. the, this is a quote from Martin Luther King. Love is the only weapon so powerful that you can make your enemy your friend. Oh, so good. So love converts to bring life. Carnality steals, kills, and destroys. And so I think if we're going to take the nation back, we got to return back to the ancient past. And you want to talk about the ancient past, it's the ancient of days. He is love. Now, you know that we can do things if we, if we, what if we went and started loving the left? Mm. Huh? So, so the left, they, they say, they, oh, uh, we need to stop the schools from being a pipeline to prison. Okay. So, okay. How do you do that? I went into these schools and for one blood and we passed out like 70,000 bracelets and all the principals are begging us to come because it's like Beirut and they don't know what to do. Why? Because we let the left get in there and take the Bible out and then. You want to stop the, the schools from being a pipeline to the prison? You have to get back to the Bible. The Bible says if you discipline your child, you steer them away from hell. Well, let me ask you a question. What comes before hell? Jail. <laughs> Jail. Jail. So you want to stop them from being a pipeline to prison? You got to bring discipline back into schools. And we don't, you know... You, we don't have to have, I don't want the government doing anything, not educate, not discipline, none of that. But you know what? The church was the people that did school. They educated people to teach them the Bible. Yeah. They knew if you didn't have the Bible, then you were done. Our nation was founded in the word of God. Do you know that the, the governor Moore, that he wrote the preamble. He was known as the penman of the constitution. He said this incredible statement. He said, all civil law, must rest its authority upon the law, which is divine. Wow. See, if your law does not have its authority on the law, it is no law. It, it actually, our law, the Constitution, is based on God. If you look at the Supreme Court, 
At the top of the screen court is Moses with the Ten Commandments in his hand. And all other lawmakers are looking at him. Mm-hmm. We got to get back to our roots, y'all. And so if we begin to look, you know what? We need to start. The anointing sets people free. Mm-hmm. We need to go convert these people. Okay? Because you know why the devil did that race, race, race garbage? When, when Trump, he was he was the most pro-black president in, in modern history. He was, yeah. I, literally, look, Daryl Scott, I got him on video saying that. If you listen to, uh, what is it, Ben Carson? They, they asked Ben Carson, is Trump a racist? No, he's not a racist. He said that, uh, when when he didn't hear his name called when he was running for president, uh, they were just going, everybody, other every other candidate was passing him up. But Trump stood right beside Ben Carson until they called his name. Man, he, he passed opportunity zones, billions of dollars going into inner city areas, okay? He, he passed a law where... He guaranteed all the black colleges money for the next 10 years. Yeah. But you know what? They, the devil was so scared. And I'm not, you know what? I, one thing we did wrong as a church is we made an idol out of Trump. That's and that's right. where I believe what we're dealing with is judgment. And so that's why we can't turn around. We got to repent. But Trump was a blessing from God. He, he was a type of Cyrus. Okay. But the left got out there and started saying, race, race, race. Why? Because that's the bait of Satan. He did that in the garden. His game has never changed. We got to start lo- operating from a higher level. You know what? Go love the hell out of the left. Go convert them, and then they'll be conservatives. We could do schools that transform inner city areas. Those are the type of things. Those are the weapons we should be fighting for no, and fighting with. That is absolutely uh, Now you're talking. All right, Scott, what did you have to say? Okay, I've got to, I'll say this, and I'm going to have to jump because we've okay. got to big show tonight with okay so thanks for having me on though appreciate it um it's interesting what Devin just said and i i'm right in line as you know i just spent the last two weeks pushing this theme as god led which is literally the heart of forgiveness and justice mm. you can't have justice unless you have a heart of forgiveness wow and you can't have a nation unless you have a heart of forgiveness and love and you can't connect with god unless you have a heart of forgiveness love and trust in him and justice. So it all kind of goes together, right? So where we're sitting right now is justice is in our in our lives and this nation has become a subset of vengeance. Mm. People are angry. It's understandable. And they're masking their anger and calling it righteousness when in fact it's not because what they want is other people to hurt as much as them. Wow. You can't let other people hurt as much as you because that means what you're looking for is you're looking for vengeance. Ooh. You got to forgive. And forgive hurts. Wow. Forgives tough. Forgive is the hardest part about the whole thing, and it's not a negotiable part of the contract. Wow. When we are to be forgiven, we have to forgive others. And if you can't forgive, then don't look to God to forgive you. Whoa. So as a nation, we're entering into one of the most critical times in our history. We have been divided by a very devious and very well-planned attack to keep mm. us divided, not just by race, but by the most painful thing ever. It's the bioweapon. It's COVID. It's yeah. this whole thing. And in doing so, we've been we've seen families divide because they didn't put their eyes on God. They put their eyes on government like fools, and they decided to worship government instead of listening to the God and guidance. Wow. And now, here's the big one. We keep talking about the death of this shot, and we are only playing into Satan's hands. Mm. If we want to get through this, we better start looking to the supernatural God and start talking about love and healing because the only way we're going to bring this nation back is when we start to accept that God can overcome all of this and working on, through bro. us, he can heal this nation. 
Amen. And as he heals this nation, as he heals this nation through us, we are not to be sitting here speaking to Satan's tongue. We've been warned not to speak. In Ephesians, he warns us, don't speak that of the of the ills of the evil. We don't even speak it out loud, and yet we do it every day. I gave my own testimony last night on the show. I've been doing it. I talk about the destruction of this shot, and we talk about how there's separation, there's no coming back. That's a lie. Because it's a lie because that means we're relying on the institutions of men to solve a problem that only God can fix. No. The supernatural, the supernatural God so can good, overcome bro. all of this if we put our faith in him. Yeah. And when we do that, that means what? Well, back to the basics. Yeah. You better have a forgiving heart because when you forgive, you can hear him yeah. and you can align with him and you can stand next to the kingdom with him. Yeah. And when we forgive, that means we're going to have to love wow. because love is the most powerful weapon in the world. That's the basis of the sword of the spirit. Yeah. But what happens is when people forgive and love, then they say, well, I gave up for justice because justice is for them vengeance. That's not true. Right. I'll talk to you about justice. You want to hear about justice? How about the fact that those people that took the shot now have to face a potential mortality shortened in by their own decision? Right. That's a mighty hand of justice, but it can be recovered through repentance. Mm. So our role is greater than anything we've ever imagined because we have to walk a higher road to lead those to repentance, to accept Jesus and to pray with them and to do exactly what Jesus told us we can do. Heal the sick, mm -hmm. cast out demons and raise the dead. Come if on, you believe bro. in that, then you are truly walking in Jesus and walking in the Holy Spirit. And if you don't believe it, then I'm going to ask you, then you can't seek the ancient paths because you just told God, I'm not going to walk in it, even though Christ told us we had those authorities and those powers over this earth. Wow. wow. So it's time that people start bucking up and start walking with Jesus and start quit playing this fake game that somehow on, Jesus bro. is this non-living God and then God is a non-living God. God is a living God in our life and the only way we're going to accept that living God is if we accept that he's a supernatural God and that we walk with a heart of forgiveness and overcome all things through love. Pretty simple. Devin, you're dead on with what you've heard and it's just amazing to share that moment because we both had the same vision from God only a few days apart. God bless you, man. Bless I just you, want man. to thank you, you all. Okay, well, right. that was really great, Mr. Kesterson. Thank you. I'm for sorry that. you have to jump. <laughs> I'm Thank sorry you have to jump, but that was to drop some of that. And honestly, I, I apologize, guys, but I, I you that's all right. Go I, on. I do have to have jump because we've got we've got a big show. But God bless you all. Very, very have a great Thanksgiving. Really, truly bless your families. Nice to see you all here, and we will all connect soon. How's okay, that? sounds good. Thanks, Scott. Oh. Right. God bless now. I want to jump to John on. John's um, gone. John Diamond left. He had to go. I didn't realize shoot. he had to go. So he and Michelle both had to leave. I oh, wish I had gone to them shoot. sooner. Okay. Well, we lost. Well, okay. So Robert and Jamie, that means it's coming to you. No, I was actually, my brain, I was going Robert and Jamie, John, Robert and Jamie, John. Um, and so when, I, when Scott was talking about the shots and things like that, I was thinking about you guys and you guys putting up the numbers. And some people would say um that it's too harsh some i mean the signs that you guys put up they're the bears numbers which are the uh vaccine adverse events that are actually just the government numbers okay and there's we know there was way more than that um you guys look at these numbers every day your heart um I've, we've had conversations it breaks your heart because you are seeing people dying that's part of your your kind of job right now right is to is to is to um take note of who's dying of this thing and uh, who, who's being injured. Uh, but what say you now as we we're shifting from, you know, a lot of people have already taken it and it's kind of, kind of, honestly, the jab is kind of dwindling down now. And now we're dealing with people who um, have issues that they're, that they've got to deal with. 
Um, you guys are Bible be believing, spirit filled believers. I know God has spoken to you um, some things for people. So what's on your heart with either what was Scott was saying or even with the Thanksgiving theme that we've got going on tonight? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because this is the second, you know, interview that we've done today. And and the, the, the first one, this is the same thing. You know, the shot is kind of dwindling down. And and it, it is the, the, the forcement of the shot. Uh, however, you know, people are still injured and there's a lot of people that right. are still not awake to that fact. I was just at the pharmacy the other day talking to the pharmacist there uh, about it and he had no idea about any of this and you know we're putting up this message as as trying to wake the people up to the reality and then this message is going to transition to one of hope and one that's going to be leading the people to the lord because the time's coming where the spirit's going to be out it's, it's going to pour out in a measure we've never seen before and i believe divine healings we are going to be walking in that supernatural like we've never walked before yes God is going to be changing and turning the DNA back into the original form. We're going to see miraculous he uh, healings out of this. And I, I believe the revival is going to be sparked out of the exposure of what the evil um, ha has done to the people. You know, I, 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 I love what Paul said so much about, you know, the most important thing is family. And you know, what, what we're doing here, this is a family. Everyone that's listening to this broadcast right now is part of a family. You know, we are all part of an even bigger family, right? That the body of Christ. And, you know, it's so appropriate that, you know, Donica Hudson is, is sitting over there at the kitchen behind her, right? Because that's where family gathers, oh, right? Thanksgiving, yeah. we cook meals, we gather with family, we spend time with family. And, you know, it, it made me think that, you know, the, the, the Last Supper, right? The Last Supper was kind of like the first Thanksgiving, right? It, it was the covenanting with us and and Jesus. That's really good. And it, it was a time where we we gave we gave thanks, and they didn't even I don't even think, you know they fully understood what they were giving thanks for at that time. You know, yeah. he, had, he hadn't died yet, but um, that but that was a time where where that family, the disciple family, gathered together. They broke bread and and they appreciated one another, and they they had that bond because they were all together in unity. And, you know, it, it's, I, I really appreciate what everyone says, but, you know, Scott has said something about, you know, an impossible, impossible odds, right? That, uh, you know, we serve a supernatural God and you, 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 gotta, you gotta love Scott's voice, right? He has such a, just such a, a soothing voice. <laughs> yes. you know, I was thinking, you know, those sound machines at the side of your bed that you turn on at night, right? I Waterfall, yeah. and you got like the static. Like there needs to be more like Scott Kesterson, right? Exactly. <laughs> Reading the Bible. I've told him he needs to read the Bible. He just needs. Yes, to yes. The, the problem is he has so much interesting stuff to say. You never go to sleep. <laughs> you know, it's it's it, it's so true, right? I mean, we have to recognize that we serve a supernatural God, and He's revealed that to you know just us in in our case this past year. You know what He's done with two very simple people. Uh, putting, you know, doing what we've been able to accomplish, you know, through him is is revealing himself, help building our faith and 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 realizing even further that he is a supernatural God. I want to share this one quick thing with you real quick, because I don't I don't believe anything is by coincidence. We were at a gathering uh, the other day with a group of people, right, having a family Friendsgiving um, uh, moment when this one gentleman uh, encouraged me to watch the movie Cromwell. I'd never heard of this before and I didn't, I didn't understand what it was about, you know, and I popped it up, you know, yesterday and I started watching. I'm like, Oh, here we go. You know, it was made like in the 1970s. I'm like, I make it through. I was hooked just a few minutes into it. 
And by the end of that movie, I was so inspired and encouraged. It was kind of like a Braveheart it sort is, of yeah. movie. And at the very end, and I don't want to give give it away, but you know, it was it was a commoner who was facing a tyrannical king. I didn't realize at the time, but when he realized it, he helped facilitate a civil war against the king because you know he could no longer tolerate. King Charles and, you know, the self-interest of the ruling class. And he said, uh, you know, we, we need to allow parliament and the people to be the rulers over kingdom and over, over England. And at the, at the very end, he, he, he there was a quote, and I'm, I'm assuming it's a quote from him. I, you know, I haven't actually looked it up, but it was what he said at the end. I actually stood at the TV and I wrote down everything he says. And I want to read it to you. He says, I will give this nation back its self-respect. I will walk in this world with our heads held high. We will. I will liberate man's souls from the darkness of ignorance. I will build schools and universities for all. This will become a golden age of learning. And I will bring the law within the reach of every common man. There will be work and bread for all. This nation will prosper because it's a godly nation. And we will walk hand in hand with the Lord. Said, I swear it in the name of the living God that I will see this. I will uh, see this nation uh, properly governed. If I have to do it myself, myself, dear God, give me the strength to do it alone. This was in uh, 1653, right? So this is after 1620 when this took place, and they actually removed the king and for five. I think it was five years. You know, he. Um, but I, I don't. I don't want to give it away. But you know, it. It was it was returning the land back to the people, removing a tyrannical king, and that's what we're seeing here in this nation right now. Right there, there's a tyranny uh, upon us, and we are trying to. Um, that there are those trying to, you know, even President Trump, and trying to restore that back to the people, and you know, we're we're, we're seeing this uh, happen uh, right now. And at, at, you know, one one more note, you know, on on his gravestone or on his uh, tombstone. I'm sorry, his casket. It says, you know, Oliver Cromwell, Christ, comma, not man, comma, is king. Wow. And that's something that we just, we, we have to recognize. It's so important that we know who we serve and that we are a free people that are supposed to govern ourselves. And we have to remove ourselves from tyranny. Wow. Oh, okay. that's Can so I, good. I want to jump in here because... That it, you sent me the, that link to that movie, and one of our viewers had sent it to me. You're talking about Oliver Cromwell, and um, I'm not making a plug for ourselves on this show, but we've been on our Bridie Ann show at five o'clock on Sundays. We've been diving into Christian nationalism. So, Oliver Cromwell was a Christian nationalist. So, um, it's amazing because you have the pilgrims coming over and, and they're Christian nationalists, and but they don't even know it because they're right. starting a, a Christian nation. Um, and then after the pilgrims, you have um, Oliver Cromwell. Well, around Oliver Cromwell is this Protestant Reformation that is really taking uh, root inside of England. Because here's the thing, and maybe either Craig or Donica or, or even uh, Leo, if you want to jump in, if you guys probably know a little of this underpinning. So this is a really cool history uh, that I think we're kind of replaying out right now. Um, God really laid this on my heart about Christian nationalism, because I've heard it as a slur, and I, I looked it up. And if you look under Wikipedia or in, in the Encyclopedia, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, they mention John Locke, 
John Milton, Algernon Sidney, um, William Penn as the first uh, a Christian nationalists. And before Christianity was a, a kingdom and all kinds of nations. So uh, France, England, uh, you know, Bohemia, uh, Czechoslovakia, which was Czechoslovakia later, uh, were all under Christian dome. But Oliver Cromwell uh, and, 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 especially in England, you get this idea of we're a Christian nation and the rights belong to the people. And where does this come from? This comes from the Bible being printed in English, in the language of the people. And people began to realize, uh, Leo, you can jump in here, that uh, Christ is king and not the king. Do you want to jump in here? Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, this this is all good. And, and, we, and we love our Christians and we love us who stand up for Christ and for God. But the, the key is, how do we get our children uh, back online mm. as we go through this process? And how do we teach the children the right history, uh, the right teaching? We've given our children away yeah. uh, to the secular schools. So how do we bring them back? And the way we might want to bring it back is when I talked earlier about about God getting in our minds and our hearts, a change on the inside. And once we have that change on the inside as parents, now we can teach our children how to be good civil servants. And this is where we need to go. And, and I'll tell you what, if you wanted to be a pilgrim and you wanted to go to church on Sunday, you'd go in the morning and you'd listen to a sermon for four hours. Then you, they give you a lunch break. Okay. So now you go back in the afternoon and you talk about that sermon with each other for four more hours. That was called prophecy. And when they did that, they dug so deeply into the Bible that anybody at the plantation could deliver a sermon at the drop of a hat. That's how well they knew the Bible. Come on. Now they're ready to teach their children. See, we teach civil government. Everybody should be involved in civil government except the children. Mm until they learn how to be good civil servants. And they learn that from the parents who are biblically based people. If they're not, they're gonna learn the wrong thing. And that's where we are today. We have to get back to the Bible. We gotta get back to teaching them the principles that make them good civil servants so that we can pass that from generation to generation. It's skipped generations. Yeah. And now we're in trouble. Yeah. How do we win them back? And so we all as good Christians we need to understand that the only way we're going to get back is to get the, our kids, our generations, into the Word of God. Yeah. And to know the Bible and to know the real founding of our Christian country and that that's the only way we're going to come back. That's so good. We've no. lost our children. Paul, I agree with you. The family is the most important thing. The pilgrims came as families. That's what made us different than Jamestown. We came as families. We honored our families. 18 married women came. 14 sacrificed themselves the first winter for their children. They came as families. And without our women in Plymouth, we would not have survived. Yeah. Because they were so into that covenant yeah. that it, it, they wouldn't give up. Yeah. In that first winter, 14 of the 18 died sacrificing themselves for their children. Mm. Guys, that's what we need to be. That's what we need to get back to. We need to hold on to our Christian leaders, but we need to build new ones. Ooh. You know who's building new ones? Donica. Um, she, her daughter is absolutely amazing. She came and she um, sang and she led praise and worship 
she she's how old is how old is she she's 20 she's 20 born she, on, yeah born okay. on 222 2002 that's, oh, right. that's right that's, that's right. right so donica's daughter brings an entire group of people uh old and young into the presence of the power of god and her son who uh was the doorman and took his <laughs> job very seriously uh you're raising christian families um donica we're do Christian women see themselves in taking this country back? Because you are a strong voice. Uh, you have a strong family. Um, and traditionally, um, women uh, in history have kind of been silenced. But uh, during, in the Pilgrim families, the women were, were part of the movement. You know, they were part of the going, oh, they, they the were, community. they were part of this community, uh, which, yeah. I very every time I think about Plymouth and, and and I'm sorry if you guys didn't get to show up because we got to experience a taste of what it was like to come together as a community like I have never experienced. I've never experienced a group of just wonderful, beautiful people like that in my entire life. I will treasure it for the rest of my life. So Donica, yeah. what what say you on on the family? Uh, well, I agree with you on the covenant tour. And by the way, if you do it again, everybody watching, you should sign up. I mean, it was phenomenal, especially Leo and Nancy taking us around, Dr. Paul Jaley, getting to go to the Faith Monument, hearing and seeing the uh, where the families lived. Yeah. I mean, you know, there it, 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 it brought it to life. And the harsh winters, I can't even imagine what those women and men endured. And, um, you know, to bring it modern day, um, it woke me up when my, there's a lot of mama bears and when my children were threatened because of the bathroom bill, I mean, my daughter Salem that you talked about encountered a man in the women's restroom and that was when I had had it. That's it. We're not doing this. We're not going to let the law say that my daughter, who's an athlete, has to shower with biological males that our church that was in the town limits had to uh, host same-sex weddings and allow members of the opposite biological sex into the restroom. So we fought it. And um, I think that when when you challenge a mama bear about her cubs, you're, the fight is on. And if you, you know, there's a lot of statistics out there that women determine the elections, uh, women determine uh, the fate of the nation. And a lot of things have been mistaught that have taken away the women's voice. You know, I, I will say that Jesus himself, who I consider the final authority is the word of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ said, there's neither Greek nor Jew, male nor female. So that we women need to understand that when Jesus came, he reversed the curse. We are to take dominion alongside of our husbands. My husband is the head of my household. And I have no problem with that. I don't want to be head. But we take dominion together, equally yoked in the covenant with Christ Jesus. And that's how we fulfill our cultural commission. Because we have a cultural commission and we have the great commission that we talked about earlier. To lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, make disciples. You know, that's conquering the nation. But then the cultural commission, which Leah referenced in his tours when we were there in Plymouth, um, that's what the pilgrims were doing. They had a cultural commission to really take dominion over the earth for the glory of God. And that's where we miss it. We think we're going to, you know, it's Satan who wants to take dominion over the earth for his glory. 
there enters the antichrist spirit, which is anti-God, anti-human, and anti-holiness. So, you know, this is the battle that we're truthfully in. And if a woman wants to take dominion alongside of her husband, she needs to know the word of God and honor him as Christ honors the church, the body, he should honor her. And when you have those two things working together, that's how we're going to win this country back when it comes to the civil body politic. Now, we have to employ the supernatural component of God. And I have seen him do miracles. I mean, things that, you know, there were many things when 9-11 when happened, resistance chicks, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to do uh, a uh, I want you to have an assembly in the center of Charlotte, in downtown Char Charlotte, on the first anniversary of September 11th. And God did supernatural things. I didn't have the money. I didn't know how we were going to do it. I mean, He supernaturally supplied things like porta potties, a stage. We God didn't even go to the stage. Yes. I mean, it was crazy. He, he did it all. Granted, we had planned it very well, but those things were just freebies that we just got, you know? And so I, I would say that. Uh, no matter who's watching right now, if you are being challenged and you feel like you don't have a voice, you need to follow along, follow the resistance chicks, go and educate your children. Craig Seibert has online training yeah. that is making a, dish, a, a, a total change in this country. If you need supplemental material and you can't afford to put your children in private school or you're a mom who has to work or a single mom, go to ChristianCivicsTraining.org. Uh, go to the next one of the covenant things and see, go to the Jenny Interpretive Center. And, yes. and I mean, that is so educational. There's no reason that we have to let the revisionist history, communist goals that have taken over and revised our history, teach our children and steal their minds. You know, um, my children know the difference and I've supplemented and um, was thankful that my older son, who's now uh, working at a church in Hawaii, having been on staff with YWAM and then moving to the church staff, actually took Steve Green's training on the Constitution. And he was able to take that in high school through his uh, civics course. And it was a public high school. And so, you know, there are high schools that can do that. And, and incidentally, I would say, you know, I'm in the state of North Carolina. A lot of people don't know it is legal to teach the Bible in, in the schools in North Carolina. So Most people think it's not because we've all been brainwashed by the separation of church and state, which is not in the Constitution. Therefore, no one fights to get the Bible reinstated. But I do have some friends that are. And in several of the public schools, it is getting reinstated. Uh, there, of course, you're going to get a superior education if... I think if you are homeschooling and making sure or going to a private Christian school that doesn't have, hasn't been infiltrated by this revisionist history, um, you're going to get a, a good, a good foundation for your children. Yeah. No, that's, no, so, that's good. so good. But it's important. Um, I think that we don't leave uh, the other kids in school without that option. I say, I tell everybody, pull, pull their kids out. Uh, but still go to the school board meetings and fight for the kids oh. in schools. Uh, with our time left, I was thinking we could do like a round table. And I just want everybody to just kind of whatever it is that God has laid on your heart. Maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a story. And I want to start with C Craig. Craig, and then we'll finish. I want uh, Leo to take us home at the end. Yep. Leo and Nancy. All right. Hey, I'll just spend 60 seconds on this from <laughs> William Bradford's uh, Plymouth Plantation. And this is just three or four sentences on the love that the pilgrims had for one another. And what he is describing is the evening or the day, the evening before the pilgrims that were going to go to America and what it was like for them. 
He said that night there was little sleep for most of them, for it was spent in friendly entertainment and Christian discourse and other real expressions of true Christian love. The next day, the wind being fair, they went aboard and their friends with them, and truly doleful was the sight of that sad and mournful parting. What sighs and sobs and prayers arose amongst them, what tears gushed from every eye and pithy speeches pierced each heart. Many of the Dutch strangers who stood on the quay as spectators could not refrain from tears. Yet it was comfortable and sweet to see such lively and true expressions of dear and unfeigned love. But the tide which stands for no man called them away, though loth to part, and their reverent pastor falling down on his knees and all with him with watery cheeks commended them with most fervent prayers to the Lord and his blessing. And so one of the themes in our conversation tonight is just that theme of love. And, you know, my prayer as we kind of get ready to wrap up is as we all go to our Thanksgiving, we've got difficult people to love, uh, but we've got people that we're in one accord with. And no matter what your Thanksgiving uh, break is or, or day is, uh, this idea of having unfeigned love for one another and this model of Christian love they had for one another is just inspiring to behold and only the Holy Spirit can generate that. Wow. No, that's it. That, Craig, that's key. That's for right now with where, you know, we, we talked before we came live, we were talking uh, to all the speakers here tonight and Leah was saying, you know, there's, there's kind of a mood of, of just downtroddenness. And what you just laid out there is how do you get out of it? How do we move forward? Where is the anointing? And that right there, guys, I want to encourage all of you to read of Plymouth Plantation. If you're not a reader, you can go to LibriVox.org and listen to it. That's not a plug for them. I don't get any money. It's just free. It's people that just volunteer to read things out loud. Um, but but that's huge. And I'm glad that you brought of Plymouth Plantation here um, and that quote tonight. Because honestly, Craig, that's I wanted to bring tools to give to the people how do we get out of this? And that right there was it. So thank you. So good. So good. Now, and, and I want you guys seriously to go to his website. Yes. Uh, Christian civics training.org. Training. And I have the link literally on resistance today's show. As an adult, um, when you learn the history and, and then you can take back your nation. So it's yeah. important to go back. To yeah. Go forward. All right. Now, does anybody need to hop out sooner than later? Cause I want you to go ahead and go now, unless you're all just good and we'll just go in order. I do. I've, okay. I've got a, I'm hosting something right now. No, go ahead, house. Donica. Give us okay. your final thoughts. Well, what the Lord really put on my heart was Psalm 100 and how that, that relates even to the generations and the question you asked me earlier. And so I'm just going to read that. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Mm. Woo! And sports with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. That is a progression wow. into the holy of holies, oh. the intimacy with God. So as a nation, when the pilgrims came, they also entered the gates of the virgin state, Virginia, with thanksgiving. 
and they made a covenant for all generations. Mm -hmm. So I think that Psalm 100 is really apropos when it comes to Thanksgiving and what we're celebrating. And I just want to recognize, I think Leo mentioned it at the beginning of the um, broadcast, but the Mayflower Compact and that covenant, the original intent as loyal subjects of our Lord, and this is basically as God is our witnesses, the pilgrims covenanted, covenanted on November 11th, 1620, on the Mayflower to, to form a civil body politic for better ordering and preservation. And that served as the basis for the U.S. Constitution and all 50 state constitutions. So when we agree with their original intent as loyal subjects of our sovereign Lord and by the grace of God, for the glory of God, yeah. and the defense and advancement of our Christian faith, we solemnly, then we can say, and you can agree with me if you're watching, we solemnly and mutually agree with the Pilgrim Civil Covenant, known as the Mayflower Compact, submitting ourselves one to another, one to another, for justice, equality, and the common good, just as they did. Amen. And that's, that's what I would like to leave everyone with, that we do have hope. We are the only ones as this remnant that has the grace covenant by Jesus' shed blood to preserve our nation. And I think that when Leah and Michelle decided to do the covenant, you remarried God. Yes. And I think that it started something in the spirit realm. And I've often said, this is the last statement, that when God starts something, he lets us in on what he's doing. Yeah. And you were faithful to do that. And then now he's got another group doing the first landing event yes. in April 2023. Yes. And I'm actually writing the Declaration of Covenant for that. And hopefully we'll have the true head of state to read that. Yeah. And everyone here is invited. And most of you will be participating as leaders. So um, I would just like to say this is something that God has started. So it should bring hope, letting everyone know here. He is the one who is restoring our country and bringing us along and quickening us hey, through yeah. his Holy Spirit. And especially the resistance chicks who answered the call with Leo and Nancy to do this. So I know he's in the business of restoring us from the East Coast to the West Coast. He is. Woo! Oh, that's, that's it. so good. Okay, come on, Donica and Free. That's fine. Okay, thank you so much. You guys, I have Happy the Thanksgiving. Donica, Donica, what's your website for them to get the book? Uh, it's right here under my name, DonicaHudson.com. Awesome. So DonicaHudson.com. And I have yeah. literally, I've got the link on today's show. You so guys, everybody needs to get Pray America Pray Great. Pray America Great. Everybody needs to get it. All right. So who wants to go, go next? Paul, are you still there? I'm calling you out, brother. Let's see if he's still there. There he is. Yes, I'm still here. All right, Paul. You know, your uh, thoughts here? Um, so we do something as a family every night when we're together and we uh, can get everybody together. We uh, go around the table and we say one thing that was hard that God helped them conquer and three things they're thankful for. Wow. Wow. Three? And every day? Three things. Every Woo! day. You got 10 three kids. Things. That's 30. Yes. And it's good. It is, right? And it's good practice also honoring each other and learning to listen and be quiet. Sometimes it takes us 20 minutes. Sometimes it takes us an hour. But, you know, it's the way it goes. But what's powerful, when I thought about that in the process, is that it takes me to Revelation, right? I think what we're doing here when we're talking about the pilgrims and the birth of our nation reminds me what we're battling. And it's the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And um, I believe that's what we're doing as we speak of where we come from and what he's done in our life. 
And the other thing I wanted to say about how powerful thankfulness is, you know, it gets us off us. I know we've all had a rough couple of weeks, had a friend, one of my best friends running here. We believe it got stolen and we've all seen what's happened. Yeah. But I think and it's so easy in that process to make it about us again, right? Yeah. And I love the power of thankfulness. Somebody that I really look up to he has an amazing ministry. He sees people constantly healed of cancer. I've seen tumors fall off. And he said something to me one time. It was so powerful. He said, you know, if I knew I could have this gifting from God that I knew that every time I would pray for somebody, it would happen 100% of the time. He said, this was what it would be. Mm. If when I would pray for people that they would get a thankful heart. Because wow. a thankful heart will bring breakthrough wow. in every part of your life. Wow. And so I just encourage everybody as they come to Thanksgiving, and as even what that word means, it has power. And not to quickly go over what you're thankful for, because I also take in um, um, men that are struggling with addiction that come and work at my business. And one of the biggest things that I see in Breakthrough, and even me, that when I came out of it, is being thankful. Wow. Being thankful for what you have. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I even encourage people to start with one turns to two, and before you know it, you've turned a page. Yeah. And the amazing thing about that, it puts the focus back on him and what he's done in our lives yeah. and reminds us of the powerful testimony we carry as a biological family, as this family on this call and as a nation. <clears throat> Thanks, you guys. Oh, no, amen, so Paul. Good. That amen. is so good. We actually have a group of friends of ours. Uh, uh, we are in a group chat with some far farmer friends of ours. There's, a, there's several of us. And for the past five years... Every November, we start thankfuls, and we start on day one, and you text one thing that you're thankful for, and day two, and so on. And so by the end, and it's really rough if you miss, like, three days, like, right around now, because then you've got to come up with, like, 60. Uh, I think I'm there. But uh, it is, it's, a, it's an amazing exercise to also watch other people's progression of thankfulness. Uh, it can be a small thing, but a lot of times you'll see really big things come out, and you find yourself throughout the day thinking about things that you want to be like, wait, no, I'm really thankful for this. And so I'm so glad that you brought that up. And I want to encourage families out there, again, speaking to the tools that we hear as the Resistance Chicks family, because that's what everyone here is part of our family, at least. Um, tonight, I wanted to be able to give you guys things that you can take. We do it at Thanksgiving. You sit down, you go around the table uh, and you say things that you're thankful for. But like Paul just said, he's got 10 kids. And he's taking time to listen to them and to encourage them to speak and to be thankful. Every single family can participate in this. You can even bring kids begrudgingly into it. And I think they'll start to enjoy it. So, all right, let's pop over here as I can do this. I, I'm so in love with the Brady Bunch thing here. So Robert and Jamie, I know you guys have some some thoughts on today where we're at oh, in tonight's to program. The there they are. Right yeah. There. Okay. I'll let Jamie share first. All right, go ahead, Jamie. Well, I wanted to go back to what um, Leo was saying about bringing the kids back and how are we, I don't know, restore what the generations need to be hearing. And I just started homeschooling two years ago when the shutdowns happened. I was kind of forced into it, but was kind of leaning in that direction anyways, just wasn't really, really prepared for it. And... I encourage anybody who is has their kids in public school and is even considering or thinking about homeschooling is 
one of the main things that I've learned in the last two years, don't make it so hard on yourself. Mm. <laughs> don't beat yourself up. I actually had a girl randomly showed up at my house today crying on my shoulder and she's like lost hope. She goes, please just tell me everything's going to be okay. Oh, and two, wow. how can I homeschool my kids? And I'm like, oh girl, we got this. It's simple. Oh, wow. And I just, just encouraged her not to beat herself up, you know, and I've gotten a lot of wisdom from you girls from homeschooling yourselves and, you know, not being hard on Michelle because <laughs> she didn't want to do school. I and yeah. we've actually taken a lot of tips and tricks from you guys in studying. But one of the, my main things right now, um, that first year that I was really teaching the boys is that I went and spent a whole bunch of money on a whole bunch of curriculum and they actually got bored with it within two months. And so then it made it really difficult. But one thing that I've been putting in um, to our schooling, try to do it every day, but reading them the Founder's Bible. Yeah. It's so awesome. The, the history, you know, you're getting the biblical side of it, but it's kind of like a all-in-one curriculum. <laughs> it is. And the boys enjoy it. You know, and I read this every morning and I come in and I'm telling them, I'm like, oh my goodness, you got to read this. So we're actually installing and install, installing, yeah, installing it into part of our daily thing is oh, when awesome. I read something, I'm going to leave it on the counter for him to read so that we can all be on the same page and be, you know, studying the same things yeah. and know, but I just want to say is it's been I'm very thankful for this year, and I actually kind of feel like a pilgrim this year. Yeah. <laughs> Been all over the place, um, east to west several times, and I feel like that the Covenant event, it really tied it all together, this pilgrim journey, at least that we've been on for this last year. Yeah. And thankful for the family, but one of my favorite scriptures um, – and I'd actually wrote it on our, a decoration I'd made on our porch right beginning of 2020. And it's Hebrews 10, 24 through 26, I believe. And I'm really bad at quoting scripture, but it's not forsaking the assembly of each other, but to encourage each other yeah. to do good works and good things and keep our focus and our hope in God and, um, even more as the day approaches as coming of the Lord. And it's really, really important. Yeah. Is that we all keep encouraging each other, keep holding our arms up together. And it's, we've got to stay united. Yeah. I, no, and I'm totally on board with Devin and everybody else that Craig, y'all talking about love. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got to have it. No, you that's know, I, so good. Go ahead, Robert. I got something encouraging to share, right? Because, you know, I, I do believe that this country is destined for great things. I was reading in Joshua the other day, I actually posted it on our Telegram. In Joshua eleven twenty, right? It's verse eleven twenty and 23. It says, for it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, mm. that he might utterly destroy them. 
Wow. And that they might receive no mercy, but that he might destroy them. Yeah. As the Lord had commanded Moses. And verse 23 says, so Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had said to Moses. And Joshua gave it as an inheritance to Israel, according to their divisions of their tribes. Then the land rested from war. And I believe we're on the brink of that right now. There was a covenant made mm -hmm. with God and this nation. And it's not a covenant that he's going to break. You know, we can, we can break the covenant. You know, we can backslide. We can turn from him. But he has established a covenant with us. And he has, th this country is destined for that. And we are coming back to him. We are reestablishing that covenant. But he hasn't forgotten the covenant he established with us. And he is about to return all of our inheritance to us. Amen. And, 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 and our, our enemies are going to be destroyed. We are at that Red Sea moment. And I, I'm just really optimistic. You know, I, I, I'm so encouraged of the time that we're entering into. Uh, you know, if, if, uh, if, if anyone wants to, I mean, there's so many different things out there to watch, right? Um, I definitely recommend watching Monumental, right, to see what this whole faith monument is is about. Check that out, you know. But if you want to watch that that Cromwell, it's free to watch on on YouTube. The whole movie, free free to watch. If you go to Banners and Number Four Freedom on Telegram or on True Social, uh, on there, I have got a post and a link to it. But so you know, something something fun, something encouraging to watch, you know, over over the holiday. No, that sounds awesome. And as a matter of fact, the viewer that sent it to us is one of our, our best viewers. And I don't think we actually did watch it. It's sitting upstairs in the plastic, in the case. Came all the way from England, <laughs> actually. I'm feeling convicted. Like, okay, we're going to watch this. It's happening this week, 100%. It, uh, it, did, it came British all the way from the UK. Sent it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Neil, do you have any last words here? Wait, Devin O'Neill. Yeah. Devin O'Neill. Why did I say Neil? That was a, a brain freeze. I'm I know, Pastor Devin. There's Pastor, Pastor Neil Peterson and Pastor Devin O'Neill. All right. Get a, yep. Hit us at the end here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, uh, I'm glad they were talking about schools because that's my thing. <laughs> um, I'm actually thankful. I had somebody contact me today that said they were uh, committed to start a full-fledged accredited school. So we're uh, just today started connecting with them. Wow. Um, with Renewing Nations. So um, that's from our Trail of Joy tour. Oh, praise God. 10 revival that was in uh, uh, Independence, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri area. And uh, leads me into something else, too. So we've just recently changed the covenant that we signed with y'all. And i had been praying about this for a little while. God was um, one of our, our stops is Ashbury University um, in Wilmore, Kentucky. And the reason that we're going there, of course, the Trail of Tears went through Kentucky, but not per se by Wilmore. But um, I was on a plane flying to Israel the day the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And that uh, was a prophecy of Bob Jones that when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, it'd be a sign of the Third Great Awakening. Well, I was on the plane with the Navajo Nation president, the chief of the largest Indian reservation in America. So God is really speaking to me about this because there's no way that's a coincidence. And he used that to get me to dive into it. Well, in that process, I found out that the Ashbury University revival happened 50 years to the exact date of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. And I'd felt in my uh, spirit, the Lord was impressing on me that there was a key to the third great awakening that had to do with Ashbury. So I just recently found out what it was. So Ashbury University revival was birthed out of a girl that did something called the Great Experiment. Guess what it was? 
You'll never guess. <laughs> then you have to tell us. A covenant. <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so she got started getting people to come in the covenant with her to seek the face of God for 30 minutes every day. Wow. And they would tell people to get other people to come in covenant with them. And so it was this multiplication of prayer. So I've just changed it. It did have on there an hour a week, right? Well, we're changing it to 30 minutes a day. And I don't know, you know, if we're keeping up on current events or not, but I think we need, with the very least we can do is seek the face of God for 30 minutes a day that our kids don't have to live in communism or tyranny or, or, or we don't, you know, have to pay with blood to keep our freedom. Yeah. So we, we've just recently changed that. Uh, it's on my website now. I can send y'all a copy of it too. If y'all wanted to, I know y'all said y'all had the other one you put on there, but I, I, I really felt... Uh, a lot of um, unction on doing that. And the Lord was, the Lord's trying to give us some keys guys. Yeah. Um, and so I, th we felt like that was a key. And then because the prophecy was about the third grade awakening, we felt like it was a key for the third grade awakening. Now did you get this? This is going to blow your mind. Now you remember the, the, the uh, reformation of common union, the covenant we did uh, was based off the Moravians. Yeah. You remember that, right? Yes, this is yes. going to blow your mind. So I'm in Wilmore, right? And I'm driving down the road and got, I see this guy, RJ, RJ Corman. And the Lord's like, man, you know, something's significant about that land. I was like, I almost thought like, man, you know, I'm supposed to do the tent there or something. I didn't know what it was. So I sent the name to my wife and I said, you got to research this guy. God's speaking to me about this land. And he sends, she sends it back. He comes to find out he's like the largest uh, railroad provider in the nation. Well, the last day I'm there, um, this lady said, you know, I wasn't going to call you about this meeting they had going on, but you have to get permission to get on the land. And I didn't think I could get your permission, so I didn't do it. He said, but they were meeting uh, yesterday, the day you, you came, um, at a Moravian cemetery. And it was a bunch of Christian leaders that were there because God sent them to this Moravian cemetery. Wow. And, and, and she said, but, you know, you need permission to get on this land. I'm like, that that isn't R.J. Corman's land, is it? She goes, yeah. How did you know that? I said, because God told me to do something about that land. I had my wife look him up. She's like, really? She said, I dated him. And, uh, you know, I'm real good friends with his uh, family. And I said, man, I think the Lord's telling me that guy's a Moravian. He said, she said he is. His family was a Moravian. He He wasn't. But his family were actual Moravians. So not only was God telling me about the key, but the, right there in Wilmore is a Moravian cemetery. And the day I arrived in Wilmore, they're doing a, a meeting at the cemetery and God's speaking to me about the land. That's is that crazy, crazy or what? No, it, it is crazy. And I want to encourage our viewers that are watching right now. If you want a history on the Moravians and what, why this is significant that Pastor Devin is talking about, you can go back and watch some, I think it was the two episodes on John Hoos. Yeah, on John Hoos. Go back and watch that on our Rumble channel and you'll get kind of a history of who the Moravians were and why what he's saying is important. I mean, they had a hundred years of 24 hour day prayer yeah. amongst the, those people. People, and it comes out of that the Reformation that we're trying to tell you today to go back to. The pilgrims came through that same Reformation. We've got a lot of uh, lines tied together there. So, so Pastor Devin, that's huge. 
So one of the things about uh, there was a Moravian, his name is uh, uh, John or Juan, like you said, uh, Comenius, though. And he was fighting for what was uh, the unity of the brethren. That was the whole part of John Husk. And Millick was actually the guy that discipled John Husk. But he was big on education. They actually had a school for the Cherokees. And then uh, it was in North Georgia called Old Spring Place. It went in front of the Cherokees after the uh, the Indian removal. And they built another one called New Spring Place. And it was because of that Christian school that they, the Cherokees were a, called a civilized tribe. Because they actually were Christians, most of the most of the Native Americans that went down the Trail of Tears were actually Christians. Did wow. you know that? Wow! They were Christians, and they're they're in in Oklahoma. There's a there's a massive Christian uh, presence there more than anywhere else because of that Moravian school. Do you know that the Moravians were the first people to celebrate the independence of America? No. Wow. Yep. Go look it up. July Fourth. First people to set. To celebrate the independence of America. And um, also, you're talking about schools earlier. The, so our founding fathers warned us when they came in. It was uh, James Wilson. He said this incredible statement. He said, we, uh, after much bloodshed and turmoil, have passed through the Red Sea in safety. We're now in peaceable possession of the promised land. Yeah. He said, must we, after all of this, return to the flesh pots of Egypt? Wow. He said, is there not danger <clears throat> when a nation teaches and may in some instant teach another God's law? Wow. And he was talking about the importance of doing Deuteronomy 6 and impressing God's laws on the hearts of our children because they knew that the children would be the government and next generation. And if the foundation was not on the word of God, putting it into practice in your life, that the foundation of the nation would be on sand and it would crumble. Amen. And he warned us. They wrote they in the First Amendment, it says government shall make no law establishing a religion and government shall not restrict the free exercise of religion. It was done that way. So government could they didn't want government to teach schools. They wanted it taught in schools, but they didn't want government in charge of it because of what happened with the Holy Roman Empire. Then it said Government shall not restrict the free exercise of, um, of religion. It doesn't say religion shall not restrict the free exercise of government for a reason, because they knew this form of government was totally inadequate for an immoral people. It is our job as Christians to hold our hired representatives accountable for what they do. Yeah. Okay. And the, and the only way we can do that is through unity. We have to learn a lesson from what happened on the Mayflower. Amen. They knew that if they weren't unified, they would be ruined. The church has to remember, we got to stop squabbling and fighting over our little castles, sand castles, <laughs> and start building the kingdom so we keep our nation and our children have liberty. I Heaven forbid that we lose liberty on our watch. And so I'll leave you with that. I got to jump off girls and get Amen. on another All Zoom right. call. Thank you, I Pastor love Devin O'Neill. Give them your website one more time. Uh, VoicesOfMercy.net. Uh, we help with schools. We're doing seven tent revivals across the nation. Get involved. We have a seven mountain project. All kinds of stuff. If I can do anything, my personal cell is 225-YES-1234 because God's just looking for your yes. He's going to do the rest, and that's what will save the nation. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Devin. All right, All right Leo and Nancy. Um, honestly, resistance chicks would not be what resistance chicks is without these two um, yeah. uh, i'm gonna get i'm gonna start crying um 
<laughs> like seriously. So this goes, our relationship with Leo and Nancy goes back to 2013 when we went and saw and, and visited the monument in person and we met and we took Leo's tour because it is the number one attraction yep. in Plymouth on TripAdvisor. So of course we went and, and saw uh, them. And then the next year we took two young men who had um, come out of Teen Challenge there with us and another friend of ours who was a teacher at the time. Yeah. And it solidified in us this is how we fix it. So Leo and Nancy have been my heroes since then. And uh, and so, Leo, whatever you feel led, and Nancy, I want you to jump in here too because you've been quiet with your beautiful face. You look very pretty tonight. And I, I want you guys to just kind of tell us what's on your heart because you are at the tip of the spear right there in the heart of, of liberalism. And I'm hoping that we broke through a lot of chains while we were there. I'm so glad about this Christian flag. I can't help but think maybe we kind of help, you know, push right. that one across Greg the line there by being there. Thank yeah. you. Exactly. So whatever you guys feel led, just take it away um, for, for where we're at right now. And, and, and the lessons that the, the pilgrim, the pilgrims have taught us that we can utilize as actual tools today. Okay. Uh, I'm commonly asked, or we are, uh, did the pilgrims really have anything to do with the first Thanksgiving? And of course they did. Uh, that first season, uh, the pilgrims had a decent harvest, not great, but certainly enough food to get through the winter. So they thought they ought to thank God for that. But not only that, they felt Massasoit was so instrumental in their survival that they should invite Massasoit and his immediate family to that celebration, and they did. Unfortunately, nobody explained to Massasoit the meaning of immediate family. <laughs> yeah. He brought 90 braves. Well, there goes the food. But they, did, yeah. but they did bring five deer. They had venison, turkey, fish, vegetable. They had enough food for a three-day celebration where they honored one another and became better friends. But just so they would not forget what they had been through for the first course of that three-day meal... They put a quarter pound of cornbread on everybody's plate, the amount of food they had every day wow. for the first winter, and asked everybody there to give him, William Bradford, one thing they were thankful for that first year in Plymouth. Wow. And that was our first Thanksgiving. Now, what is the difference between that and Jamestown? We celebrated with the Indians wow. as friends. Wow. And we had a bond together. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm sure you people also know that the pilgrims at one point uh, went from a socialistic economy to a free trade economy, where they owned land and uh, and increased their and increased their production three times, because they went from socialism to capitalism. Uh, and I tell people that, and I say they never had a starving day after that. Mm. Uh, but they did have one little bump in the road. They had a drought mm. for two months. All the crops wilted. On a Wednesday morning in July, Governor Bradford turned to his people. And he said to them, we need to get on our knees and we need to ask God what we've done wrong. And they began to pray. Wow. Noontime, not a cloud. Two o'clock, nothing. Four o'clock, a little cloud right above the plantation. And by six o'clock, it began to rain. And I do not mean the kind of rain we're used to here in Plymouth, the nor'easter where everything gets knocked over. But a soft, gentle rain fell on Plymouth Plantation for two weeks. And the crops were saved. 
somebody went up to the governor and said, hey, governor, what you talk to God about? What you pray about? He said, well, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, we thought all the success was us. We were no longer humble. Wow. And there was a man there when that uh, event took place, that gentleman's name, Habermas, the Indian chief. Habermas went up to the governor and says, you know what, governor? I like your God. I just watch him save your crops. And Habermas became a Christian. Wow. And that is when three years after the pilgrims arrived, he built his village across the river so he could be closer to his Christian friends and his Christian God. Wow. If I should shut the heavens so it will not rain, or command the locusts to devour the earth, or send pestilence amongst my people, and if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will call on heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. It happened then. It can still happen today. Come on. That's so good. That's perfect way to end this this episode. Nancy, I know you got something. I can see it. <laughs> I'm just wondering how I could possibly say anything after all of these wonderful speakers with their wonderful words of encouragement and wisdom. And, you know, we live where the country began and it's so sad the stuff that's been happening in Plymouth and uh, also in our country um, but I feel the peer, I feel their spirit every day uh, with what we do I feel like I was walking somewhere over the parade or something and I was with Leo and I said can you imagine what what the pilgrims would think if all of a sudden they could see what we've done yeah. to the beautiful country that the land that they landed on, you know, just the whole thing. But I'm, I'm grateful. Um, I'm grateful that God gave us the opportunity to do what we're doing to tell their story. Obviously my part is to make sure Leo gets where he's got to be and says what he has to say. Uh, but I'm privileged to be able to do that. And to meet all you guys and to tell the story. And I, I hope that people will come to Plymouth. Yeah. And uh, we, we close our uh, business a week from, well, next Saturday is our last day for the season. So don't come in December. Um, but come in the nice weather. Come take a tour. Come learn your history. Because uh, this story is amazing. And um, we've been telling it for 22 years. And I still uh, want to cry when I hear what they went through and uh, and see uh, all the places, the things that happened here. So it's a blessing and you guys are a blessing and um, all of you, it was a privilege to meet you and can't wait to meet some more of all of your friends. So. Everyone keeps talking about this uh, second covenant yeah. and we and I keep looking at each other going, Okay, they're they're counting on it. So so maybe we'll we'll all gather back in Plymouth. <laughs> Look at Donica. She's like, "Yep, you're coming back. You're coming back." We we just may very well do another uh covenanting uh event in Plymouth in September of 2023. We will as the Lord leads, but we'll at least have a better idea of what we're doing. But I do want to do a round table here of 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 prayer and then Leo, I'll have you finish us off in prayer. Um but I want to give everybody that's here, and Donica, you hopped back on a chance to kind of just plead with God for our nation and also to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So, um, Robert, let's start with you, and then um, we'll just kind of go around and then and circle back around to uh, Leo and Nancy. 
Yes, before I do, I noticed that um, Leo and Nancy had commented that they needed to get off uh, by nine. Do we oh, want to let them? Okay, do you guys need to go, Leo? Yeah, we really do. I hate. All to right, do no, it. Leo, you you lead us in player, and then and then you can just quietly bow out. How's that sound? Okay. Sounds like fun. Thank you guys. Lord, Nancy and I cannot thank you enough for having you put us where we are. We are on hallowed ground. We are on your ground. We have the opportunity to proclaim your word where it started to be proclaimed in our country. And we are so blessed to be able to do that. We get to do things nobody else will get to do. This Thanksgiving, we will be recreating the church service of the pilgrims on Thanksgiving Day. And just to reinforce what Donica said, we will be singing the 100th Psalm. So we thank you for the blessings we have. And we hope that people can understand your attitude. 102 came, 51 died. Yet the pilgrims didn't thank God for everything. They thank mm. God in everything. Mm. In everything that happened to them, they thank God. Because their thinking was, whatever God does is for our own best good. Mm. Amen. So whatever they did, rather than find fault with God, they found out what is good in that for me. Amen. And what was good in that for them is they started 51 people, a Christian nation that we have today. So please, if you want to come see me and tell me there's nothing you can do because you're one person, 51 people started your country. Whoa. There's certainly <laughs> something you can do. Amen. We praise God and wish everybody a wonderful Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Leo and Nancy. I'm going to insert on our prayer. Thank you for okay. you guys being here. We love you so much and happy Thanksgiving to you guys. And also, guys, you can rewatch the parade that they do in Plymouth. Uh, they're going to do a rerunning of that. And I put that link on um, our website for today's yeah. show. So they'll be able to go and watch the premiere of that on Thursday. The real Thanksgiving. The real, day not the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, <laughs> this one. So thank you guys. We love you. Okay. Love you love too. Love you too. Bye. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Yes, okay, Robert. Robert, take it away, man. All right. Lord, there's there's so much to be thankful for in this hour. Uh, we're, we're, we're thankful for creating, creating a circumstance that we do turn back to you. Lord, you, you had set up a covenant. We had set a covenant together uh, when we founded this nation. And we know that you would never break that covenant. But we as a people uh, may have broken that covenant with you. We, we have turned from you. And uh, we, we went down a path that has led us to the point that we're at now. But you were never going to break your covenant with us. Even if it meant that you would take us through some things, that you would allow some things to happen so that we would humble ourselves so that we would turn from our wicked ways, so that we would seek your face so that you could show up and do the miraculous and heal this nation, that you would destroy our enemies and that you would return the inheritance, uh, our, our birthright, or what was been granted to us, you know, in the covenant um, that, that we that we established with you. Uh, we, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, for not letting us perish into the hands of our enemies. We thank you for the family institution that you've created and the way that you're bringing all of us together as one large family. Uh, we, we're, we're, we're so honored, Lord, to be able to be here in this moment to serve you, uh, to, to honor you and pray that you would continue to, to pour out your spirit upon us, that we may may walk as you walk, that we would see as you see 
and that we would uh, speak as you speak, Lord. Uh, we want to be good ambassadors of you in this hour, and I pray that you'd give us the wisdom to be able to do exactly what you've called us to do, Lord, uh, that you would give us those divine blueprints in this hour to help restore this nation and to establish your kingdom here on earth. And I pray blessings upon all of us uh, that, that are on this, 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 this video today, all those that are, that are listening, uh, that, that we would uh, be able to unite with our families and our friends this week and for the time forward uh, in such a way that, you know, these bonds would, would never be broken and we would continue to grow uh, in the fullness of who we are in you. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dearly Father, I thank you so much for uniting us all in this bond of unity that Pastor Devin likes to talk about. When we gathered together in Plymouth this past year, there was something that was apparent. We were all there for the same common goal, and that was to get the tools that we needed to expand the kingdom of God and to do the work of the ministry for the equipping of the saints. What's our job, Father God? It's to equip the saints for the work of your ministry and to expand your kingdom. And that's what we are, that's what the pilgrims were bound together to do, was to expand your kingdom. Lord God, that is what is going to fix all of our problems, the expansion of the kingdom of God here on earth. So it is not a, a very, you know, a huge undertaking that we can't do. Each and every single one of us can, can expand your kingdom every single day. That is the task. That is the goal. It doesn't matter about machines or uh, any of these this craziness that's going on. We don't have to be able to tackle those. We don't need to be a lawyer or a doctor or have a big voice or a giant podcast. All we have to do is to be able to expand your kingdom in our circle and in our community. So Lord God, I just ask that you bind together the Resistance Chicks family, anybody that's listening to the sound of my voice right now in the bond of unity, knowing that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, that we are united together, even though we are across the seas, people are in other nations. We are united together and we are unstoppable. So allow us, Lord God, and equip us to expand your kingdom in this hour, in this moment, just as the pilgrims did when they landed in Plymouth, Massachusetts, before it was called Plymouth, before it was called Massachusetts. It was your land and they established that you were king of that land. And so, Lord God, may we follow in their footsteps and do what you have set us to do in this hour. Father God, in the words of uh, John Adams to a letter to Thomas Jefferson, um, he said, Who composed that army of fine young fellows that was then before my eyes? There were among them Roman Catholics, English Episcopalians, Scotch and American Presbyterians, Methodists, Moravians, Anabaptists, German Lutherans, German Calvinists, Universalists, Arians, uh, Priestlitans, Scotians, Independents, Congregationalists, Horse Protestants, and House Protestants, Deists, and Atheists. Um, nevertheless, all educated in the general principles of Christianity and the general principles of English and American liberty. The general principles on which uh, the fathers achieved independence were the only principles in which that beautiful assembly of young gentlemen could unite. And these principles only could be intended by them in their address or by me in my answer. And what were these general principles? I answer the general principles of Christianity in which all the sects were united and the general principles of English and American liberty in which all those young men united and which all the United States patriots in America in majority sufficient to assert and maintain her independence. 
Father God, I thank you that um, you have instilled in us these general principles, these laws of nature, nature's God, as you intended us to live. And I pray that you give us boldness. I pray that you give us strength. I pray that you give us unity once again in the body of Christ. Um, those who are not of, of your body would just fly, would, would fall away. And those who are of uh, of your body will come together and unite. And there would you'll spread revival. You'll build families. You'll build churches. I speak a blessing over everyone listening right now. Blessed in your fields. Blessed in your home. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. That through the hard times that are surely to come, that you will be blessed. That you will be taken care of. And Father God, I thank you for taking us all to this moment. For bringing us here. I thank you for allowing us to be alive and take part in all that you have for us for such a time as this. In Jesus' name. Donica, you want to go first before Craig? Father, we recognize that the Mayflower Compact and the Pilgrim Code of Law, America's first modern constitution, were civil covenants that rested upon the consent of the governed, thereby limiting government and granting freedom to the people. We thank you that these faith-filled Christian pilgrims pioneered a foundation for our U.S. Constitution and federal government where we, the people, are free Yes. We worship you in spirit and truth without fear of tyranny. We put our faith in agreement with theirs to preserve our freedom, both governmentally and spiritually. We call upon the church to repent of allowing government to fulfill our biblical duties. Yes. Taking care of the poor, the widows and the orphans. God, we thank you that just as the tribes of Israel shared a covenant that made them a nation, so does America. We thank you that the word federal in our federal government means covenant derived from the Latin word fotus and that without covenantal theology, there'd be no federalism and no constitution as we know it today. Wow. Father, I thank you that you alerted the resistance chicks to this when they hosted the event in Plymouth called the Covenant. Father, I thank you that you used them and they were faithful to answer the call. And I thank you that as a result, the heavens have shifted that you have begun like a zipper, zipping us back up into communion as the covenant United States of America from east to west. And I thank you, Father God, that others along that zipper line are coming in line and they are hearing the call to re-covenant with you, to reinstate the civil covenant stored in heaven by our founding fathers. And we send out the host of heaven and the angels of heaven right now to go and alert those along the trail that many would come to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ as risen Lord and Savior, and thereby recognizing your blessing, Father God, upon this nation because of covenantal theology. We give you all the glory, and we ask that America would once again be the city on a hill that mm. sends missionaries all over the world in the name of Jesus. Amen. Woo. Thank you, Lord. In the name of God, by the grace of God, for the glory of God, in the presence of God. We just thank you for this evening, Lord. Uh, we give thanks for all you've done. We give thanks for what's taking place in the heavenlies and the spiritual realm that we cannot even see, and that you're inviting us in to participate in a kingdom work that you're doing. Help us not to miss uh, the train of your robe and the, the magnificent of your magnificence of your glory as you accomplish your kingdom purposes here on earth, even as you desire them to be done in heaven. 
And we thank you for this time. And we uh, just bind ourselves together in these prayers tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Paul, take us home. Amen. Dear Lord, I just thank you for family. I thank you that that was your original dream in the garden. And Lord, I just pray in this time that as we're coming together and breaking bread, that we would be reminded of who you are. Therefore, we can speak boldly of who we are. Mm. I just, we can feel it as it says in Romans 8, that all of creation, we can feel it. We're moaning for the sons and daughters to be revealed. That is ask that your sons and daughters would be revealed, Lord, even during this week, that they would realize who they are, that they could walk in their true identity so that they could walk into their destiny. I thank you for the children of this generation and the, the fire that you're putting upon their head. You just told me uh, this yesterday, you were speaking about this generation and gave me the picture. If we pulled them up and we lit them on fire, would they really care what people thought? So I just ask that you would you would light that fire on this generation. They would know who they are. I'd ask that that us as fathers and mothers would know that we're daughters and sons first. So that we could be mothers and fathers, not only to our own kids, but to this generation. I thank you for the ignition of hope and truth. And Lord, I thank you that as we look back, we can truly have hope for the future. Your name, amen. Amen. Oh, man. Good. Okay. Good, good, good. I cannot thank you guys and everyone that was here earlier enough for yes. coming and being a part of this. Jamie, you held up the Founders Bible, and I did put up, we have a promo code for that. Go to thefoundersbible.com um, and use promo code Resistance Chicks, and you can save 20%. They're out of the leather bound, but you have the, um, the hardback, and you love it anyway. So... Um, I want to encourage you guys to go and get the Founders Bible. Go to thefoundersbible.com. Brad Cummings was supposed to be able to come to our event, but he didn't. Um, he wasn't able to come because his, his mother-in-law's memorial service, that was more important. But he was instrumental in mentoring Leah and I and a lot of phone calls in leading up to that event. So please, it is a life-changing Bible that takes us through our history. Um, last but not least, if you guys want to hear more from these speakers, Donica here and, and Craig still here. And, and some of the ones that have not, you know, Tom and Tom was not able to be with us tonight, go to resistancechicks.com and just put in the covenant and you can see all the different videos, um, there on that page. I'm pretty sure they've all been uploaded there. I know Craig was having some issues finding them, but they should all be there. And if not, um, go to our rumble channel, and just put in the covenant, and I know they all come up there. I want to encourage you guys to go and watch that event. It was absolutely life-changing. Yeah. Speaking of, Tom and Alice Marchesani have been doing a series with us. They weren't here tonight, but they were speakers with us in Plymouth. We've been doing them every two weeks, talking about women in ministry, whether they should be there or not. I think Donica has an answer to that, too. Um, yeah. But uh, it, I want to encourage you guys to go and watch those. And hopefully we will have people like, I know for sure, we will have Robert and Jamie. And we never we need to have Paul on our show. He's never been on our show. Um, and Donica's going to come back on our show. And Craig's going to come back on our show. Because this is a family. And these people are pioneers right now in this moment doing what we just talked about tonight. That's why they were here with us tonight. They are expanding the kingdom it's of God. It's not just about remembering the pilgrims. It's about being them. And you uh, you all are being them. And yeah. so thank you. 
Um, I'm humbled that you were able to come. I'm humbled to fight this fight with you. Yes, we love you guys. Now, you guys can stick around. I'm going to roll a, 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 a goodbye for everybody here, our regular um, outro, and then I have a couple of things I wanted to say. But thank you guys. Thank you guys for watching. This Thanksgiving, I believe, is completely different than any Thanksgiving, at least in my lifetime, because we are in a place that I've never been before. And now is the time more than ever to utilize the tools of the pilgrims, of our forefathers and our founding fathers to take this nation back. And I think it was Donica that said that God's doing this thing. We just get to be a part of it. And that takes the pressure off, but it also should make it exciting for us to want to be a part of it. So you guys... Thank you for being here. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Happy Thanksgiving from the Happy Resistance Chicks family. And we will catch you guys tomorrow night right here at resistancechicks.com or on our Rumble channel everywhere we stream live. We're going to have on Dr. Eric Naputi in the house at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we love you guys and we will see you next time. i